Pretty fucking shit. My name is Jarvey, and I'm joined this week by Cameron, Hammy, and Simon. Together, we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. How are we doing, boys? Do you think uh, when they say the hearts are back, this is actually what they mean? This is just us back. Yeah, this is consistent what hearts are. Right. <laughs> like on a scale. That this is us back, surely. This but is anyways, harsh. This is harsh. Um, don't really want to talk about hearts. So got some other stuff to talk about first of all. Um a massive congratulations to Lobby and Bussies, <laughs> who placed the second and third best bus drivers in the UK in our award ceremony on Sunday. Wow. What route do they drive? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm going to do some digging. I'll get back to you on the next podcast on this. This, this, this fascinates me. Like, how's that, sco- how's that scored? <laughs> do you think it's like a, a double-decker bus driving in cones? Aye. And they, like, have a spirit level on the top deck. <laughs> see who can keep that as close to the middle. Aye. I'm going to get on YouTube. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. What was a guy, with, a guy with a big table of pints? <laughs> has to walk <laughs> up and down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and by Gary Black and um, Thomas Gilhooley finishing behind Lee Grantham from Birmingham who is the winner what a driver he is by the way <laughs> scout admission there for Mr Savage that does Disney work <laughs> um, and I thought as well what, what else can we talk about that's not harsh what about the Skyline restaurant wanted to check in here because previously we were getting very upset when that stupid mashed potato restaurant um, was beating the skyline to first on TripAdvisor, if you remember rightly. So how do we look? Um, number one place to go for dinner in Edinburgh, according to TripAdvisor, is still, is it Macker's, Maker's, Mashed Potato, Nonsense Bar? Still number one. <clears throat> and some of the, well, where do you think the skyline is now? Eighth at best. Uh, what are we? What are we at the moment? Somewhere down there. <laughs> Perhaps somewhere down there. Well, some of the places ahead of Skyline will have you fuming. Bohemia, terrible. <laughs> yeah, terrible. <laughs> two dine restaurants. It's almost as if just tourists rate this. I know because you this... Stuart's, Stuart's Brewing just sells pizza. <laughs> I do, like, I do like pizza and beer, to be fair. Yeah, I know. Both yeah. pretty good things. I've heard it's class. And Prana's ahead of the Skyline as well, but that deserves it. Um, by the Skyline has dropped to 14th place. Sack the fucking board. 14th. Mm-hmm. It's not looking good at Hearts, is it? All around. Apart from the hotel. That sounds quality. Yeah, anyway. Oh, well, we, can, we can look at its ratings this time next year. <laughs> I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. Um, but I some some housekeeping before we move on to all oh, the Naismith out chat. <laughs> Basically, uh, international call ups for Kai Rolls. And no one booed there. Better than some sections at Ten Castle. Uh, Cammy Devlin. For for reference to everybody listening, Hammy can he boo because he's gone full <laughs> summer and he's having a cone. <laughs> What's hot the day like? Roasting the day. Very hot. <laughs> um I Kairos, Cammy Devlin, Nathaniel Atkinson have been called up to Australia. Uh Kenneth Vargas has been called up to Costa Rica. Cameron, you made an observation about the Costa Rican squad. No. About oh, the amount there was like a Kenny, a Johnny, and a Stevie. Oh, there was, there was <laughs> I. Their forwards all have very Scottish names. Right. Scottish bagpackers back in the nineties, eh? <laughs> um, that was Kenny and Oda is in Japan's under twenty two squad. Nice. Under twenty twos, strange. Um, and Shankland and Clark are in the Scotland squad, and and probably won't play. That was that. What can you say? 
Um, some loans out the door. Transfer window slams shut. Obviously, we've done nothing. Not like we needed a central midfielder or, or loads of new bodies in the door. But some loans out the door. Harry Stone joined Queen of the South on loan. Uh, he started against Morton on Saturday and conceded three goals out of four shots and lost 3-2. <laughs> We're never going to see him, are we? No. Nope. Uh, and Connor Smith, a really strange one. Uh, he's lo- been loaned to Scunthorpe down south rather than um, looking to get a move to the Championship or league one up here. But fair play to him. What league yeah. are they? They're, they're in the conference. Northern Conference League, whatever you call it. We are never, we're never going to see him again, are we? <laughs> no, I'd imagine he's um, he'll be looking to perform and get a move to like an English League Two. Aye. But no, so I remember Scunthorpe got relegated like two years ago, and then they almost got relegated from the Conference League last year. So they're they're not doing very well. <laughs> but hey, go and go and stand out, be the big fish in the wee pond, or something. Uh, injury news uh, Ofaya missed the game on Sunday um, and then there was some rumours earlier on which turned out to be true um, oh, well to be fair it's not actually been confirmed like, by the club or anyone but there's speculation that he collapsed in training um, but whatever's happened there has been a serious health scare and his loan's been cancelled and he's went back down south so I think you've just got to wish him all the very best and hope he's healthy not just for returning to football but also in life did you actually read that his loan had been cancelled? Because I hadn't yeah. seen that in anything. Uh, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. But hey, people people don't come to the podcast for facts and format. No. <laughs> and in, in, yeah, in, in, in all honesty, like more important things, I hope he's all right. Right, absolutely. So people have absolutely slated his performance against Dundee when he got hooked at half time. But from what I've seen against Partick Thistle, he looked an absolute player. So, bags our ability. Be a shame if his career is cut short. Hopefully, it isn't as serious as that. We don't. We don't know at this stage. Um, I saw Craig Gordon before the game on Sunday, and he was he was limping terribly. But okay, I I don't know if that's his injury. Maybe he's had like serious physio work that morning. That's why he's limping. You know what I mean, but. He did not look like a man that was <laughs> like doing any form of training and ready to return to the team. And there has been some rumours on kickback, Cammy. Yeah, apparently he's um he's actually needing further surgery to either replace the pins in his leg or strengthen the pins in his leg, something along those lines. And from what I gather, he's essentially been told by numerous doctors and stuff that he'll not play again. But he's not want to accept that, and I mean, fine, but at the same time, he's he's getting on now. So go and enjoy your family, man. Like, yeah, genuinely, <laughs> you'll, you'll want to go out while bang, won't you? Um, I, I really hoped Gordon would come back after our winter break, come back, do quality, force Angus Gunn the the number one jersey for Scotland, and go and play in the Euros, but it's not looking like it's going to be that soon. <laughs> no, it was never going to be that, was it? No. I mean, you kind of felt if anyone was going to return from a double leg break inside 12 months, it would be Craig Gordon. But even Superman has to, to rest up <laughs> sometimes. That was a big shame. And then, then I remembered about somebody. What the fuck happened to Benny? <laughs> Slipped in the showers, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've sort of given up on Benny. I don't know, oh. like continually not seeing him on the bench now has just made me think. Right, if he comes back, it's a bonus. But let's, I do sort of feel like the club are relying on him coming back, and that's why we have not really signed a decent midfielder. He's made what twenty nine appearances here. He's gone into his third season now. It's not looking good. We we feel like we've made the exact same mistakes that we did with Halkett and just getting <sighs> him back as soon as he said he was ready instead of seeing right. Well, what's he right at like at full tempo? He was miles off it. Yeah, Do you think he's actually injured. Yeah, I don't know if he's 
newly injured from the games that he did appear in, or if it's just he's never been fully fit. But he's he's nowhere near the level that we need him to be to play for Hearts. Yeah, totally agree. I just wonder if he was that um, like, like mentally failed to recover from that half against Rosenberg, and then yeah, I think yeah. that half happened because he is physically unable. Like I don't think yeah. he was anywhere near it, and the sort of what was it three touches or something in the week, the game before that kind of give you a false sense of security mm. that oh maybe he didn't have many touches but he's back on the park physically. But the coaching staff have got to realise that he was nowhere fucking near it. Yeah, exactly. So another score against McAvoy and Naismith <laughs> for me. Um, Benny's a weird one. I, I, I would be shocked if he's still at Harps next season. Yeah, that's a shame. It is a massive shame because what a fucking player on his day. I'll never forget that debut game against Celtic where he tackled everything that moved. I enjoyed that being at the game. Me too. You were one of the was it three thousand in attendance? <laughs> <laughs> and no, none of you were there. Eh? No, we were. I was there. I. Well, you was, yeah. were there. Yeah. How many was there again? Was it three thousand? Uh, three of us. No, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a guy in front of us with his top off, and he had a hearts tattoo uh, just above his bum, and it literally just said hearts. <laughs> really, a hearts tramp stamp. That could be the name of the podcast as well. And, and if he's a listener, I mean, fair play, we're not knocking it, we're just saying that's really fucking hearts. Really? I, hearts. I want to know the, the story about where it came about now, actually. Magaluf. Ah, it'll be some dirty holiday. That's the great <laughs> um, if, if you're a, a listener, Mr. Hearts on lower back, get in touch. Or if you know who Hearts on lower back is, then get in touch with him because we want to hear the story. Anyway, um, final injury. <clears throat> a man who's definitely forgotten, and I, I can't pronounce his name yet because he's not played enough for us, Mr. Nienhoff. Is that close enough? Oh, Calm Nienhoff, aye. Calm Nienhoff. I, I wonder, he's meant to be our kind of box-to-box, slightly attacking, basically George Grant, Aaron McInef guy. I wonder if he's one of the reasons why we haven't Signed anyone yet? Because people genuinely, I've not seen like him as his name mentioned once. I'd seen something saying he was out till after the international break. It's a calf thing. Yeah, he never got called up because of injury. Yeah, because of calf issues. Um, but I mean, on. on you go. No, I was just going to say like that. We'll come on and speak about the actual heart squad and stuff in a lot more detail. But we potentially have the worst midfield in Scotland. <laughs> and I just mean like he's got the opportunity to come in and like make such a difference if he hits the ground running and secure a starting spot and be adored by fans if it works out here you also can't tell me right now that George Grant wouldn't make our midfield better like genuinely he's a midfielder for the plays (laughs) isn't it fucking bizarre if you look at the way we finished the game we didn't actually want to play centre mids. Just Peter Harden. Just That's Peter Harden. And even then, get him off. Mm-hmm. No. Well, come on to talk about this. I'm already boiling. <laughs> no, just from the sun. Uh, That's injury stuff. I think that's everyone injured other than Halkett. He'll surely be back. Oh, 100%. He'll be back <laughs> in October. Um... Some more transfer news, meant to miss this before. Uh, Andy Irvin has joined West Ham, who are being loaned back to his unpronounceable Austrian club until the end of the season. Uh, isn't that a bizarre move, first of all? Well, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. It's not that bizarre. But isn't it just funny how football works sometimes? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> at, like I say, he was deemed not good enough in centre midfield. For us, and is now like I, I don't think I'll, I'm going to see him appearing for West Ham anytime soon. But mm-hmm. and I, I know there was some chat about feeder club status and just essentially giving them money, you know, probably a way to get around some sort of financial thing or whatever. But these clubs can, what the Premier League clubs can afford to spend six 
you know, figures, seven figures on these players and keep them on the books for a couple of years and then inevitably just ship them off to another team for a, a couple of million. And I just, it's, it just seems like another one of these players that we've lost out on getting some significant revenue and and yeah. we're really, really good at doing that. So mm-hmm. just another one to add to the list, I think. Spoke to, and he's not on obviously, but I spoke to Paddy about this at the weekend and he made it, he did make a valid point on this in that it's difficult because it's hard to say that he would have become anywhere near a player that would be on that level had he stayed at us anyway. I genuinely, I'm not sure he would have. Yeah, it was good enough to play for us when he was here. I, I, yeah, I, no, I, I just sort of agree with that as well. But at the same time, I think he's better than a lot of the players we've bought and released since then as well. If you know what I mean, that's sort of the way I, I take it from, you know, he was a, fairly cheap and inexpensive option. He was top assists in that championship season. Mm-hmm. And then since then, so it's two seasons ago, so we've... Christ, I couldn't even tell you the amount of players we've gone through. It was McInef around about that time. and McInef came, mm-hmm. came in the January when we were in the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... You know what I mean? It just seems to be... And let it, I'd been reading about them a couple of weeks ago and there was Serie A teams looking at them and things like that. So it was... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, we can never say we'd actually have progressed as well as he has done if he hadn't moved abroad. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think... He's one of these players, when, when I've seen him leave, I'll go, I think we're going to regret that. I, I thought the same about Cochrane, though, Harry Cochrane, and <laughs> we have not regretted that. So, hey, If Harry Cochrane, he, he's been hampered with injuries in his young career. I think um, what we saw his ability on his date. Yeah. Scott Brown fucking ruined him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, see by Andy Irvin, but do you not think, when you weigh all that up, it was just such a, a low-risk, high reward to just keep him. <laughs> like He was young. He was playing week in, week out. He took all our set pieces, corners and free kicks, um, top assists. He was a Hearts fan, born in Edinburgh. Why, like, why would you not want to keep Andy Irvine? What pisses me, me off the most? We um, There was a, a fairly close contact with the podcast, say, that kind of spoke about the, the money around it. And it basically was that Andy Irvine was asking for somewhere, you know, a couple of grand a week, whatever. Fair enough, you're a young player. It's maybe a bit of a, a reach, but it is what it is. But the fact that Savage and Nielsen were only offering him like £900 a week at that time. And, you know, that that's like an insulting level. And I remember around that time, Joe Savage went on a This Is My Story podcast and was basically throwing, he never mentioned Andy Irvin's uh, name, but he was talking quite openly about players asking for money. And you could, it was quite clear he was talking about Andy Irvin. And it was just, threw him under the bus and that was him going fuck off away for hearts. Strange one. But again we've got a another a great track record with developing youth players as well. So as as we can currently see with Connor Smith, where I've kept him around the club rather than playing the likes of Cochrane or Civic and things in midfield, probably. Yeah. I don't think he would have done any worse. Um but yeah, we now shipped them off to the sixth year in England, and mm-hmm. that's that's not going to help his development. It's just a silly move, in my opinion. Right, agreed. And like, who's next in the conveyor belt? We've got the young laddie, and um, well, Denham's different, and Macaulay Tate and things. We're still to see what will happen there. Go over the young laddie Wilson, who's signed a contract to stay at Hearts this season. And he had interest from like Man United. <laughs> Another man United or shit, I know that, but other big clubs in <laughs> in England, they could have went down there and in all their facilities and you know the potential for them down there. Like what? Imagine Savage trying to speak to a young player and their parents trying to sell in a staying at the club for your development. They'll be going, "What examples have you got?" Like Jamie Walker, who who is in our first team that has come through our academy, like okay. in the starting eleven. Oh, what was going to say, Craig Gordon? <laughs> Nakut, N- no, he's in Denham, man, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but but he would not be in that starting eleven at all this season if Benny and Nunhoff stayed fit. No, definitely. would never have seen the park. No, so it just goes to shows, and it's such a vital part of every single club at every single level to bring through players and to develop them because 
it's pure profit essentially. The amount you spend on bringing through a young player, wouldn't they even be a drop in the ocean of a transfer fee that you're going to spend bringing in a player in that position? Mm-hmm. I just think, what have we got to lose? We're sitting wherever. I don't think the drop off would be too huge if you just spattered in a couple of youth players here and there mm-hmm. every couple of games. Yeah, it was the same last year as well. Aye. It's been the same for fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> the only time we've ever brought through a good group of youth players is when we had to because we couldn't sign anyone. But they turned it all right. No lie. Some cult heroes in there. Yeah. <laughs> From the club there's players, Jimmy there's players who are playing at quite a good level now and doing quite well with their career. No lie. I think if I was a young player, God, I would never be anywhere close to this, but if I was a young player coming through and I had an option of where I wanted to go, Hearts would be very low on the list. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like I say, what's the exact question? Yeah. And what's frustrating as well, if you were to if you were to write it, how how can you bring players through into the first team? You'd promote the B team manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, well there he is. You you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> there he is, Stephen A. Smith, and he's not giving them a chance. And what adds to the frustration as well, Stuart Kettlewell, very similar position to Naismith at Motherwell until they sacked their old manager. Stuart Kettlewell's moved into the first team job. Then he's took several teenagers through into that first team because they've got half the finances, hearts do whatever. So they need to fill out their squad with youth. And he's brought players through like uh, Lennon uh, Miller, who absolutely fucking bossed the game on Sunday. He took the ball of Peter Haring 10 times. Yeah. You, I was talking about when, whenever we get drawn in European games or we're playing in the last couple of years, European teams, every single piece on one of these teams seemed to highlight a teenager who's got interest from Chelsea, Man U, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's usually their best player or their most dangerous player. When they preview mm-hmm. hearts in these countries, they're not doing anything like that. No. They're saying, this guy once played for Rangers. Like quality. This guy's on loan for Rangers. Aye, this guy's on loan for Rangers. Like, that'll be manager used to play for Rangers. Yeah, like it's just embarrassing. We've got nothing that you can really get behind in terms of like sort of club players coming through. Mm-hmm. Very frustrating. The academy's a myth. And if then if you go, oh, well, they're not good enough for the first team. Well, then what the fuck are we then? Because we produce a lot of players. How are none of them good enough for the first team? Yeah, exactly. You can barely look at a game in the Championship, League One, League Two, that doesn't feature at least one Hearts player. Aye. Like that's how much we're producing f- players for Scottish football. But again, if they're dropping down a level so quickly when they're young and they're not getting that opportunity to compete at this level, you'll never know what would have happened if they were getting chances in the first team. But Craig Levine gave chances to fucking everyone. <laughs> 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 Like everyone, even like Aidan Keener, thinking about that, like, there you go, son. <clears throat> he had like three, four games starting for Hearts, which Aye. is crazy. But if he goes and scores a goal a game, that's him. He's now Hearts leading striker. He put opportunities on the table. But hey, this is, it would get very weird if I start defending <laughs> <Craig Levine. laughs> Let's move on and change that narrative. Um, let's speak about our current managerial situation, shall we? This will be good fun. Um well, it's, it's bang on half past eight at night on Monday here, and there's been no communication from the club. Um, I don't know about you, kind of following the game yesterday right into this morning, I, I think I was in an echo chamber off hearts, Twitters and other things where I felt he couldn't survive it, Nielsen and McAvoy, you know, because it's the most vocal fan base. But then today listen to Sports Sound and listen to some other more neutral podcasts and you kind of realise like they think it would, like it's not even, it wouldn't even be considered to sack the manager at this stage. No, I, 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 I don't think it would be. Like you've put I yourself, don't think, yeah. You've, you've put yourself in this position and you're only four games into a season you can't get rid of them. Yeah, we'll, be paying, we'll be paying a couple of managers then. Well, we'll be paying three when we fire the both of these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so so ju- just to clarify, we are where do you stand individually? Cameron, where are you at with it? Well, I mean, you, you know where I stood to start with, but I mean, at yeah. this point, at this point, look, it's not been good, but I'm kind of the opinion that you, you don't have a choice. You have to you have to give them a run of games. You have to let them kind of embed something because 
genuinely don't think he's got an option. Why is there not an option? I think the option's quite obvious, myself. <laughs> well, there's, there's, the, there's the pain-off thing to start with. But you can't then try to bring in a decent quality manager when they're looking at the club going, well, you just appointed a guy and you gave him four games at the beginning of the season. I, you wouldn't have gone need it. It's a lot more than four games. There's a lot more to it than that. But you've, let him, you've, you've literally, if, At this point, you would have literally let him play four games this season in the league. It's the 4th of September. That's that's nuts. If you were if you were a manager coming in elsewhere, you know where you would rather go, Hibs, because at least they give somebody an entire year. I completely agree with what you're saying. One hundred percent. Don't think the club are even considering firing them, but there needs to be an investigation as to what's going wrong at Hearts. There doesn't ever seem to be a manager who comes in and tries to implement a plan and an idea. Every time you watch Hearts since. Levine the first time it's kind of been headless chickens and no real plan and we rely on moments of individual brilliance and you've got to look at that and go well what's going wrong here we've got to try and find out what's the it's lethargic and boring and there's no emphasis on actually doing anything and yeah give Naismith a chance but I don't think we should fire him but I think we will fire him this season oh I'm not saying the entire season I just think right now if it doesn't improve by Christmas then absolutely Christmas fucking hell. Christmas. <laughs> I think uh, since 2011 when Paolo Sergio was in charge, I think it's been it's been six appointments where it's been jobs for boys, it's been ex-players, or in this case, well, in two cases, it's been internal. But this is with Craig Levine what... coming down from director and Naismith up from the B team. This is what I was joking about at the end of last season. I said it lighthearted, but like it's like there's a line of ex-players just waiting for Aye. jobs at ours. It is, yeah. and it's going to be fucking Liam Fox next. <laughs> but seriously, I think, um, and it is, you've got to wonder how much Anne Budge has been involved in this and how much there has been playing it, playing it safe with this. I mean, what other club, if you were to look at the managerial history, any other club in this division, it would look so different than Hearts six times we've promoted and we've sorry hired an ex-player or we've put our director of football in charge of managing the team or we've moved Naismith up from the BT manager to whatever the fuck he is now it's crazy we had Ian Caffrell which is a total failed experience and I think this is going to be on par with that at the same time you've got to remember that like you go back to before the summer like the end of last season a, lot, a hell of a lot of Hearts fans wanted this. Myself included, but that football's fickle. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not blaming Joe Savage for this at all, because he did what the majority, 90%, I think there was a huge pull hammy on kickback, like 10,000 votes. Sure, it was like 90% of people wanted Stephen Naismith to get the job. I don't blame Joe Savage for appointing Naismith. I think Savage will be under pressure if he doesn't make a decision, if it's not working out. That's when their involvement has to come in at the next stage. But you can't you can't turn around that quickly. Like, if you've made a decision on something, you've got to give it a shot. I mean, in my opinion, that well, there's been nine competitive games, four league, four Europe, one in the Cup. That's a fair whack of competitive games to review. And I think if you round that up with 10 and we've got Aberdeen at home, if we lose that, he, he'll he he'll go. That'll be it. He won't. Regardless of what happens in that game. I'd, I'd wager you on that. But let's, yes. not, let's not bet on Hearts getting beat. <laughs> That's terrible pattern. I'm just saying. I can't even believe we, like genuinely when we, me and Hammy spoke about this, we were like, you'll be Naismith out by Christmas and it only took till September. <laughs> <laughs> well, I 100% am. I just want... I'm just sick... Like Simon was talking about the the investigation into it, I, I really feel like we need Forrest, McAvoy and Naismith away from this first team. I don't really care if they who falls where in the B team. Um, but we need a complete new lease of life in the club. Like Sefentes coming in to Hearts. We need a total new guy into Scottish football in this football club. A new project and move it forward. He was just told he wasn't good enough for the job. He's not coming. Well, I know. And if we want him now, I bet he'll be charging fucking double. 
don't even dream about it. It's not happening. Yeah, sadly. I think, and just to add to that point as well, I, I think there needs to be not just a, a management change. This, I think, I feel like there's something, there seems to be constantly bad decisions made all across the football department, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, we putting Benny in and we, we've always been seen to have an injury crisis every single year. The fitness just seems terrible. And then people getting put into jobs and nepotism that seems to be here and has been so I'd be wanting heats on spikes at the board level. And so would the Jambos kickback, which we'll get on to eventually <laughs> in a, a much worse way. Right. Yeah, it, I think I, I just feel like it needs a bit of a change. Um, it's getting a bit stale. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the points you listed there, Hammy, I think a lot of that falls to McAvoy and Naismith, but and I think it stems back to a poor pre-season one way or another, but it seems like the momentum has taken it the fucking squad the minute last season finished. Um, and we've just we've looked shite the whole time. I just don't understand how we got a good performance out against Rosenberg at home. Now, where the fuck did that come from? It was the same last season. It was Zurich, wasn't it? You know, we, we managed to pull it out of the bag and everyone sort of forgets about how shite things are for a while. Mm-hmm. And then we go and get beat off Dundee, and it's like, oh, I mind. Things aren't that great. Mm-hmm. I know you were talking about September there. It's a tough September. But then you're going into October, we've got Hibs, Celtic, and Rangers. Right. <laughs> Cameron, so... you're talking about Christmas. If this form <laughs> continues to Christmas, there'll be no windows left on the main stand. <laughs> <laughs> That's Shan. That's Shan. I think the. Maintenance department seem to be doing all right job. That's they didn't deserve this. I don't know. The other it looks like a wee cave. Cleaning cleaning is an entirely different thing. <laughs> it's gonna get me started on the fucking Stuarts. Whole club shambles. Um, <laughs> right for the record, you know we don't employ the Stuarts. I <laughs> appoint a, a global contract for the stadium. Anyway. Um, there's also rumours that there was no kebab pies at the game on Sunday. Nah, I've seen, I seen one. That's math. Nonsense. <laughs> Is that right? Well, somebody yeah. was going fucking mental about it on Twitter. <laughs> there was no me. It was too hot for a kebab pie yesterday. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, well, we'll come back on and speak about Naismith via kickback. But just to talk about Joel Savage in here, split opinions on who's to blame. In my opinion, he has to act uh, fast or he'll, he'll be getting pelters. So if we, if we don't beat Aberdeen, then Savage has to sack Stephen Aismith, my opinion. Totally different from yours, which is, which is fine. That's life. Different opinions. Um, but in terms of where we are now, do you feel with a squad that Joel Savage has delivered Stephen Naismith a good squad with players that should fit his system? Or do you feel what's his system? Hi, what what does he do? Well, again, is that that? Well, that's another question to you. I mean, is it Joel Savage's fault that Stephen Naismith demonstrated last season this high tempo press in football, and then we're not seeing it this season again? Does Savage get the blame for that? No, I would say these players can play a lot better than we have seen them this season. Exactly, I'd agree. Hmm. And I think we're still to have a proper look at a few of them. But just now, I think I think our biggest loss, we spoke about this at the end of last season, losing Ginelli, was we felt, well, I said, it was going to be irreplaceable, which was a bit dramatic. But we've tried to replace him with Tagawa. And I've got to say at this time, for my player of the season prediction, <laughs> <laughs> he looks fucking like, I, and I don't want to slate a player here. <laughs> but no, but in terms of what we've seen, he looks f- like so lost. Like I've never, he might be, I've never seen a player look so confused and out of position. Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's because he's confused and out of position. <laughs> no, but he, I mean, he's putting himself out of position. Like he was getting in the way. So the guy speaks no English, and you've got Naismith pointing, just run sideways, back and forth, <laughs> on the top of the pitch. Because that's what it looks like. Aye, it's difficult to judge any of these players like like the exact same as we were saying last season until they've mm. got some sort of 
good instructions and consistent mm-hmm. consistent players around them, really. Yeah. Frustrating. B team's doing well. Liam Fox is doing a good job down there. Oh, <laughs> get him in. <laughs> no, 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 no. Liam Fox is doing a good job down there. Naismith didn't do a good job down there. <laughs> <laughs> no, never heard that. <laughs> that is a fucking shit season. Yeah. All right, let's move on and talk about a couple of really depressing games of football, shall we? No. <laughs> the the Pauk game, just to, to run through the basically the goals and a, a couple of the things. The first goal, offside interference or not? Ah, well. Does it really matter? I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, well, I watched it again and I, nah, I don't think so myself. Let's brutally honest, I would say it was offside interference all day. Ah, you're a good gurgy man, though. No. What I'd say is, started, <laughs> started six defenders in a game, you would need to win by two goals, isn't he exactly? A great idea. Naismith out, Simon. Come and join. Come and get on the fucking train. Does it not clear to you yet? See the light? Oh, God, this is like deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> How have we ended up on the opposite side to where we were at the end of the season? <laughs> right enough, eh? You want you didn't want Naismith and now you're defending him. You just don't like change. <laughs> like change if we had a reasonable like spell of solid solid uh, <laughs> play in between. Nine nine games, one was all right. <laughs> um Offside interference for me, obstructing Xander Clark and basically stopped Shanklin from blocking the, the crossing, in my opinion. Uh, Toby Civic's yellow card was really embarrassing to get 20 minutes into the game. <laughs> a professional foul that you would see in the last 10 minutes of a game. That's, <laughs> that's when I knew we were in real trouble. <laughs> uh, I think I've missed a goal from my notes, but I've got the, the rules... The the goal where basically Rolls was absolutely petrified to touch the guy in the box. He just let the guy score from having his back to goal. <laughs> I've never been so angry with an Australian man in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, that was dreadful. And did we go beat 4 0? I've, so I've missed a goal. I've got the last one here where Lowry just didn't track his man for the fourth. Bit of an experience asking a, a left winger or a 10 to track a, a player running through the centre of three centre backs. <laughs> Not really Lowry's fault, is it? No. What was the third goal? Who cares? Who cares? Fuck Pout. <laughs> I've went looking for highlights again, but it's so difficult to find highlights for the Conference League games. So, yeah. I'll just, just delete it. If you find it, delete it. <laughs> Oh, wait, I have. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, right to the third goal. Uh, yeah. Oh. It's, we had a corner. They broke its speed and scored. Just, I mean, pretty much how every team scores against us. That was rules at fault again. The ball over rules. He just never yeah. tried to defend it. And a ball into the box. Three centre-backs and Alex Cochran tracking the man. And he has time to take two shots. <laughs> He miskicks the first one and then just fucking all the time in the world still with four men in the box to get a shot away. Yes. Um, you'd be few minutes. I've never seen see when the camera panned to the Hearts fans were like five minutes to go. Hands down, the saddest away end I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Felt really sorry for them, and if you're listening and you were there, fair fucks to you. But that's uh, I'd be fuming if that I wouldn't have been sober enough to remember the game. Actually, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, I would have been away probably too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'd have enjoyed some nice Greek Greek lager. Mm. Well, moving on from that then to the Motherwell game. Um, I've I've not put any notes down because I've, I've I've genuinely not watched any highlights back. Too too angry, too angry. <laughs> Um, it was fucking shite, wasn't it? Simon, tell me how, how we lined up or something or how the, the first half was going. 
Aye, spoiler alert, we lost 1-0 at home. Um, <laughs> we lined up with Butlin, Tavernier, Golston, Suter, Sterling, <laughs> Raskin, Jack. Nah, joking. Although, tempting, very tempting. If we had won that morning, then maybe. Um, <laughs> so, we had the usual stalwarts as Ander Clark, Nathaniel Atkinson, Kent, Rose, Cochrane. Peter Haran returned. Mad how reliable we are on him. 45-year-old Peter Haran. <laughs> Cammy Devlin and Liam Boyce, and then a three uh, Oda, Shanklin, Lowry. <laughs> Didn't really work. No idea what the aim was. No idea what we were trying to do. We always seemed to be forced out wide, and Motherwell seemed to have no space in their box and absolutely hours of time in our box. We had 18 shots. One of them went on target. Um, aye, Just not, not good enough. 68% possession. Just embarrassing to do so little with the ball. Motherwell just let our centre-backs have it and just went, do whatever you want with it there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no. No, I think... Humiliating. Was it Oda and Lowry both got pulled at half-time? <clears throat> Aye. For... Um, yeah. Oda, yeah. Oda, had, Oda had a shock in first half. Yeah, and we went Aye. to back three at half-time. Yeah, which is just what you need to do when you're at home playing Motherwell. Yeah, um, and then eventually we took off Haran and Devlin, replacing them with wingers, See, Alan back, Forrest and Vargas. So going back to that bit at halftime, though, and I'd said to you like we were watching, we watched literally the most lethargic, oh, my the most God. lethargic warm up between the subs at halftime. It was unbelievable. It was like they were basically. It was like a couple of guys didn't keep you up. He's in a park. It was awful. But anyway. I noticed that Subic had obviously come in early. You're thinking, all right, he's coming on in centre midfield. For some reason, that's what we're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Even though, even though there's George Grant over there, but um, <laughs> again, because that makes sense. And then we did take a wee while to try and market what they'd actually done. Aye, just awful, awful, awful. I genuinely forgot they got a man sent off because how easy Motherwell were finding that game. Yeah. I think we struggled more with against the ten men than we did against eleven because we made their task pretty clear. We're not. Mm-hmm. We seem to have no idea how to break a team down. Yeah, and and that's Motherwell, Stuart Kettlewell, Motherwell, tiny squad. But it just shows you what what fucking good management can do, because we we've got better players than Motherwell. There's absolutely I... no doubt about it. Yeah, he's got every single one of them playing out of their skin, so well drilled. You could see in every phase of play exactly what they wanted to do when they threw transitions, when they lost the ball, they regrouped, <clears throat> or how many times they won the ball. I've genuinely got a stat for you. Lennon Miller, who's what, like 18 or something, he won the ball nine times against us. If Peter Haring got tackled and lost the ball 12 times, so the amount of times Haring got the ball where he, that one where he kind of takes the touch and then like tries to swivel around to have a look, he lost the ball 12 times against and, and he was one of our better players Le- Lennon Miller by the way is just on 17 Aye, that's crazy. So one- he's going to be a massive player, how good are Scotland going to be by the way <laughs> another <laughs> sort of nearly 16 year old in midfield running rings around us Right. He's built like a 25-year-old as well. Ah, it's huge. Um, but it's just all around. They, they fucking dominated us. And that's them without... They just lost their star striker last season. And then they got your man from Arsenal, who's injured. Oh, so they're on to their fucking third-choice centre-forward. And just like that, they still managed to build every attack around them. Is, um, is Lennon Miller also ex heart man Lee Miller's son. He is. Is that right? Wow, we're getting uh, fucking older. <laughs> <laughs> but we yeah. just don't produce people the same size that they do in Motherwell. We've not got the advantages <laughs> that they do. <laughs> I do feel like every one of our academy players is like five foot seven tops. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with height, right? You just even our beloved uh, Chris Hamilton playing centre back, five foot four. Speculation. The <laughs> <sighs> right, whole game is an absolute fucking shambles. Um, Oda is a strange one, eh? 
he was like the one player I was excited to see going into this season. My uh, most improved player, not really improving. My young oh, player God. of the season. <laughs> Once again, I hold judgment for a lot of these players. I'm willing them to give them a bit more time because I've seen them play at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. I just think with that it's just I don't know. Like if someone what what does like someone who follows Scottish football but hadn't really watched Larch this season, what does Naismith do? I'd go, ah, honestly, then again, shouts and gets really angry. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like I have no idea what the aim is. We're so reactionary. We just kind of let the other teams dictate what's happening in that game and we just hope that Lauren Shanklin scores a screamer. Just chucking bodies at that was it Aye. yesterday. Yeah. Like chuck folk out there. Yeah. Right. I'm telling you we need a managerial change. I cannot see things changing. But over the international break he's suddenly gonna fucking transform it all on the training park over the next fortnight. I mean, I'd love it if he does, just from a heart's point of view. But just, just to see your flip again would be. <laughs> oh, I mean, listen, I, like football's fickle. I wanted, I was desperate for Naismith to get the job. Now I want him gone. I still want it to work for Naismith, but I'd be happy if it was announced in the next half hour he was gone. If he transforms <laughs> it, we beat Aberdeen and we go on a run against fucking Hibs, St Mirren, Celtic Rangers. I'd be delighted, but it's not going to happen. You know, it's bad. I, I told my dad was like prediction for the day. Then son. And I was like, uh, 2 0 to Motherwell. And he was cheesing that you got it wrong. He was like, ah, there's <laughs> only one. Yeah, that was genuinely the first time I've went to a Hearts game since Nielsen, the end of Nielsen, where I've been, I don't think we're going to win today. And did I put money on it? No. <laughs> but it's, just, it's that bad. That's when you know you're bad. And it's that awkward, like, fans leaving five minutes early and while they're walking down the stairs, they're going, aye, fuck off, hearts. <laughs> <laughs> that toxic cauldron is back. Aye, some pass marks. What Kyros was better. I thought it looked better in a three at the back. Second half, it just seemed more assured. I thought, yeah. um, I thought uh, going forward anyway, I thought Atkinson was probably our best player. Oh. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, I think he's still got he's still got um, problems at the back because he does move forward and seem to forget that he still has to get back. But he he actually looked like he was trying to drive us forward at times. Mm-hmm. He won man of the match. The uh, foundation of hearts did have to delete there. Who was your man of the match then? Tweet. Due to abuse, it's funny, but I Nathaniel Atkinson got the sponsors man of the match. I think that was a. Yeah, uh, Guided heavily by Gary Locke, probably. <laughs> Just say that and shut up. What more do you say, Shambles? Um, well, Hammy, the good people on Jumbles Kickback will have more to say. Arch away and don't talk a lot of shame. Always. Again, no one is safe. Um... I've got a wee selection of Savage, Foundation of Hearts, the board, McAvoy, everybody. Absolutely everyone is to blame um, in this segment. So let's crack on. And I'll be honest with you, some of it I do agree with this time. Um, I think we all know deep down the fans and Foundation of Hearts is being shafted by those running the club. Whether we like to admit it or here or not, this is the main problem at the football club. The structure is wrong and those who are at the top who make the most important decisions don't care about us progressing as a football club. If they did, why would they appoint two rookies as our first team head coaches? As long as the money keeps rolling in every month, Foundation of Hearts will keep cozying up with the boardroom with tea and cake with budge. That's all they are good for. Someone says, we're a cash cow, pure and simple cash for the assembly of idiots to squander on a yearly basis. Something needs to change. Um, Another one says, we've definitely got a team assembled by a taxi driver and coached by utter dross. Look at McAvoy and Forrest's playing resume. It's not the be-all and end-all, but it's so bad. Explains the PE stopwatch. So also, apparently McAvoy was a coachman earlier in his life. Um, That was brought up. Um, the spotlight has got to fall on him and Lansfield. Willie Lansfield, remember him? The recent signings have been absolutely chronic. Oda, Tagawa, Vargas and Lowry all look dreadful. 
doing roles, a five-year deal is another joke of a decision. Yeah, the coaching looks bad, but the recruitment looks worse. None of these mentioned above look suited to the Scottish game. Um, Savage couldn't direct his piss into a urinal. <laughs> Signing players from Australia and Japan who are Poundland versions of Rogic and Furuhashi at his beloved Celtic as a daft vanity project which won't work. <clears throat> Another on the recruitment says... It is awful. We have a budget at least double half the clubs in the league, but routinely struggle in playing them away from home and this season at home too. What's the point in having a big budget if we're going to blow it all on a squad of average players? The one thing I'll say about Savage is that he's got about as much an idea that makes a decent centre mid as I do about what makes Margot Robo, Robo, Robbie want to pump me which is the square root of fuck all. <laughs> this board has long since passed its shelf life, Gen continual bad decisions on the football side and squandering vast amounts of our hard-earned cash. The culture at the club is fluffy and nice, and in, sh and in a sport where winning is everything, fluffy and nice comes second to the best discipline and directness. Budge is a great business woman, but has been honking in the footballing department. Time for her and her mates to go. Uh, and finally, the elephant in the room is the board. They are successful business people who are off-field are growing the business, but on the field are disastrous. There's been nothing won since Maverick Romanov. We were even relegated again, quite ironically. They are making such a hash of the football side, I just can't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> not great. I get that, like, obviously, it has to go up the tree. But it seems like a funny criticism saying that your board has successful business people in it. I think it's <laughs> kind of what I want on a board. Yeah. <laughs> right, see, see, explain to me, Hammy, as a as a novice here, why is Ambudge still like so heavily involved in decisions? I thought it was done. Uh yeah, I think that was the that was the case. Um, I think she's still the chair though for the board, so ultimately, she is still, I guess, in charge. Um, albeit she was meant to be sort of handing over the sort of day to day operations to you know McKinley's and things like that. So, mm -hmm. if she is making the decisions, then I guess she could say she's maybe overstepping her mark a bit. But at the same time, she's still you know, holds a proportion of the club. She owns a proportion of the club as well. So, mm -hmm. and she's still owed money from Hearts. Um, so, it's not like we can just get rid of her. And I don't think that's ever going to happen unless she stands down and and takes what she's owed as well. Hmm. <laughs> you don't like the sound of that? Well, I don't want us to go into administration, so we'll put up there for another couple of years. <laughs> Once this uh, hotel's churning out the money, we'll, we'll somehow still run at a loss. We'll somehow still need at least a million pounds from James Anderson every fucking year in the account. You've got to wonder, eh? Like, how's that happening? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hammer, you you were the accountant, man. When... The Hearts Conspiracy Pod is back! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's do deeper dives into that next time around, because like, there's something fucking fishy <laughs> going on. There was actually, there was somebody, and again, it's on kickbacks, so I take it all with a pitch of salt, but it came across as very quite genuine, but going on about the, the hiring of Stephen Naismith and all that came down to James Anderson and, and Budge. McKinley and Savage had somebody else in mind, but our inability to get third and losing out on that money meant that we couldn't then afford the team uh, that McKinley and Savage wanted. And went on board vote, and they voted on uh, Nielsen. Right. But that's got to, like, that would worry me even more, because surely that's got to then come from a leak on the board, and that's that's really sketchy. That's really tinpot. <laughs> I love it, but I love that level of conspiracy. So let's get more of that, please. Uh, again, that was all just I, I just purely from somebody's post on. Um, well, what else you had? No, that was. I think that's the main thing. Again, it's um, 
it's more I don't know, a lot of people just keep seeming seeming to say, oh, Budge is too trusting. Apparently it was a Zoom meeting with James Anderson that lasted hours with Stephen Naismith. That's what I won him over. Yeah. Well. But <laughs> at the same time, James, why is James Anderson interviewing our next manager? I know <laughs> he's he... the real owner of the club, but let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucked, eh? See, the more you hear about all, everything behind the scenes in terms of decision-making processes and that, we are fucked. We need <laughs> to group together the Foundation of Hearts as a monthly donator and part owner myself and get this club sold. Oh, no, to here it goes. <laughs> Do you know, you know, there was one criticism that seems to come up every time that we're doing quite badly, and which comes up quite a lot, is that things like the board and the Foundation of Hearts, is, you never ever hear from them. There's no updates. No. There's no... What do they say? No communication. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then that, obviously, again, it only ever comes up when we're doing badly because folk want something to moan about, but I think it is a very valid criticism. I mean, you know, folk, there's 140,000, I think, people donated last month. I think they've released one update this year. Mm-hmm. And that was but, when Nielsen got sacked. The, the one thing I will say about the foundation is whoever runs our website, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... And that, I feel like we done this when we were getting Nielsen was getting uh, beat off Broda, and everyone was cancelling their donations. We had the same complaints, and there's no communication and thing, and it's never ever been addressed. And mm. yeah, folk are constantly going to jump on that when we do when hit we periods where we're not very well. We've been through so much. <laughs> <laughs> How long was right. this? Like? All right, calm yourself. <laughs> From McRae's battalion to Brora. <laughs> <laughs> is this our fourth year doing the podcast? Our fourth season? Something like that. Championship, third. Fourth. Fourth, yeah, our fourth season. You know what's scary? We've probably done, we've, I think we have actually, we've done more <laughs> podcasts than uh, Harrington's had appearances for us. Well, that wouldn't oh. have been hard. These <laughs> Harrings made 125 appearances since he signed in 2018. Just for reference, by the way, Alex Cochran, who signed 2021, has made, I think, 95. It's only fair guy, Peter Harring, has been here two years less. Well, and yet he's our best midfielder. Who <laughs> <laughs> we're relying on. What are we doing with our lives? One final thing with Naismith. Um, he, he was he admitted fault more than Robin Nielsen did, which I admire. He'd done that after Pauk as well, to be fair. But he said um, that performance was very much a European hangover. And the reason if the poor performance, and interestingly, he said the same thing when we played Robbie off Dundee. Um, and interestingly, I heard Barry Robson using the same excuse for Aberdeen's loss to Hibs as well. It's an easy one, isn't it? It is. I think so. But, to me, to me, like we were expected to go and get beat. Their, their one was up. Their one actually would hit you, because they must have felt like they were going to get through that tie. You know, you know, Motherwell have barely like lost a point since Stuart Kettlewell got the job. Like they, if you, if the league started when he be, became their manager last season, they'd be second in the league. But then again, they did play the bottom half of the split, so it's skewed. True. It's true. I say we should but, get Stuart Kettlewell. No, I'm trying to say we should be in the bottom half of the split and then we get easier games. Nah, I'm saying, don't. why is it working out for Barry Robson and Stuart Kettlewell, but we get the one dud? <laughs> yeah. Even fucking David Gray got a win for the Hubs. Oh, they've all got their badges, though, eh? <laughs> Probably. Uh, hearts. Uh, right. <laughs> to end on a bit more of a high. Simon, Simon's clueless. Simon says... Can't remember what it's called. Over to you. Uh, Okay, so we'll go over the scores once again. There is a correction. I gave Cameron two fives last week, taking him up to 22. It was actually a five and a four. So you're still in in the lead on 21. Hammy in second on 13. Paddy 11. Javi on nothing. Um, Five players again. Let's dive right into it. First player, first clue. I was born in Paisley in 1980. Jarvie. Cameron. Uh, right, go. Robbie Nielsen. Robbie Nielsen. Nielsen. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. came through the academy with Hartstroke Rangers and was capped once, never scoring. 
I made 249 appearances as a player and managed the club 232 times. I scored the winner against Basel in the UEFA Cup. I have spiky hair like a hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) Player number two, clue number one. I was born in Irvine in 1986. Mm-hmm. Cool. Clue number two. I came through the Kilmarnock Academy. I have made fifty-one international appearances, scoring ten Ali. goals. Liam McMahon. Even Naismith. Correct. Yeah. So it's four points to Hammy, taking him to seventeen. Sorry, Javi, you did get five points there, so you're now on five. Clue number three was I have an odd boom celebration. Uh, oh, Clue right. number four, I don't have any coaching badges. Five doesn't matter because I'm only the technical director. Player <laughs> number three, clue number one. I was born in Edinburgh in 1975. Hmm. Okay, clue number two. Fingers on buzzers here. I'm thinking I came through the White Hill Welfare Academy and made zero international appearances. Oh, I thought that would give it away. This will give it away. Clue number three. I was a manager when Hibs came to Tynecastle for a relegation party. Jarvie. On you go. Gary Locke. Gary Locke. (laughs) Clue number four. I have more appearances for Kilmarnock than I do Hearts. And clue number five. I'm a current club ambassador. I'm pretty good at the emails like A. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know that about Whitehall. I thought it would have been like Bonnie Rigg. Athletic like you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number four. Clue number one. I was born in Glasgow in 1969. Hey, hey. Okay, clue number two. I came through the Dundee Academy and made zero international appearances. And if you have noticed a theme so far, have a think. Okay, clue number three. Hammy, is that a... No, I like the next one. Clue number three, I managed Hearts as part of a trio, including Antonelli Karabocicchia <laughs> and Angel Chervenko. Jarve. Is it John McGlynn? It is not John McGlynn. You are now out. Right, so for two points. Clue number four, I look like if Cameron and Jarve had a son. Cameron. <laughs> Why do you know that so quickly? Because it looked like Stephen Frail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clue number five I've cracking red hair so that was Cameron with another two points up to 23 okay player number five clue number one I was born in Musselburgh in 1950 Harry, hey Hammy okay go for it Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. five <laughs> points for Hammy well that was a big game him and Billy Brown, both of them must have Okay, uh, clue number two for him was I came to the Hearts Youth System, made zero international appearances. Clue number three, I made 310 appearances as a player and 301 as a manager. I was a manager when Hearts won the Scottish Cup for the first time in 42 years. And clue number five, I'm everyone's granda. <laughs> Perfect. So if you hadn't noticed, that's all ex-players who have managed Hearts in our lifetime. Nice. Uh, Paddy on 11, he's now very close to being last. Jarvie on 10 and joint top on 23, Cameron and Hammy. Oh, that was a bad week. (laughs) (laughs) Finally off the board. Thank fuck. And the only reason I didn't have Craig Levine in there is because I've already done him. Mm -hmm. Well. Perfect. Thank you, Simon. Uh, Cameron, give us a a very quick look ahead to the international break. Will you? Um, Aye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cyprus and England in a friendly the Cyprus game's a must win obviously and that puts us in a position where I think we probably only need one more result to secure qualification Mm -hmm. Um, and the England game I'll be honest, it's friendly as much as it is England, I don't really care Um, I'm not up for going to Glasgow midweek try and get to Hamden Pain in the arse as it is for a competitive game. But you know what? It'd be nice to beat them, wouldn't it? Always. I agree. Am I right in saying for the, for the competitive games, are we four points away from being qualified? Something like that. I think it's a win and a result, so it might be, that would make sense. That's right. kind of what I thought we were, yeah. So Cyprus is kind of 
must win in a way because it's our easiest tie remaining kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. Good, and that's on Sunday afternoon. Whoop, whoop. Friday. Nice. Uh, and Cameron, and we'll just say we're not going to do a podcast next week. <laughs> uh, no, no. You'll be on holiday. Uh, but do we want to discuss no games? It might be better than discussing games at the moment. <laughs> we'll see. If there's a if there's a managerial change, I'll be here, even if it's a one man show. <laughs> um, that's why. But Cameron, recap us the buy or sell results from the the games past. I think you could have a one man French show that would just be managerial changes, <laughs> ranting into yourself. Anyway, <laughs> um, surprisingly decent scores this week. Um, there was two didn't come in and two did come in. So Hearts to score in Greece did not. Kenny Vargas to score did not. Um, Kai rolls to start both games, obviously did. Everybody knew that, Jarvie. And no more incomings or outgoings, permanent ones, um, before the window closes. So that uh, that was true. So where we ended up was Paddy being super positive, got one. <laughs> <laughs> Hammy got two. Instagram got two as well. And then everybody else got three. So where that leaves us going into the international break is it's all fairly tight with Paddy and Instagram in last on nine. The only people, they're the only people below 50% so far. Um, up to Simon and Hammy on 10, exactly 50%. I'm on 11, Jarvis on 12, and Twitter, as per every season, lead the way on 13. So there you go. Good stuff. Thank you, Cameron. Well, try to switch off over the break jambles. What else can you fucking do? Just, just be like Joe Savage. Be cup of tea. We holiday. Forget, forget all about it. Um, but follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, or X at Hearts underscore Podcast, uh, where you can normally play along with buy or sell. Um, and I don't forget to leave us a, a generous star rating on whatever you're listening on, regardless of what mood we are in, depending on what week it is for Hearts. So, uh, I until next time, come on the Hearts and the Scotland. We'll see you again soon. Sharon, Sharon, what day is it at Scotland Games on again?